Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. live on Joy 94.9 Saturday afternoon from noon via the live stream at joy.org.au forward slash listen live or tune your wireless in Melbourne to 94.9 FM. Afternoon, this is Techno Gaze here on Joy 94.9, the show where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics, gadgets, and technology. My name is. <laughs> Have you forgotten? He doesn't oh, know who he is. I'm sorry, I just looked across at you, Michael, and you're, you're putting. Your headphones are weird. <laughs> Don't. Label my headphones. It's like a beard headphone. That's just odd. He's using he's using the headphones uh, around the chin like a chin strap. I've got it because my glasses get in with headphones. It's very annoying. Behave yourself, children. (laughs) I'll turn this car out. (laughs) Hi, Dad. All right. I'll give you five cents if you're quiet. Okay. Five cents. Wow. amazing. Thanks, of course, to Katie and Maka and to all the awesome guests this morning of uh, Saturday Mag. Sat Mag, Saturday Mag, Saturday Mag, Sat Mag. If you're one of the cool kids, uh, again this week, um, and of course Penny for the uh, for the joy news just now. Thank you very much, Penny. Um, with you in the studio, the voices you have heard so far, myself, Mark. We also have Johnny. Hey, 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 <laughs> and Rainer. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny? <laughs> and your pilot for this afternoon is Michael. As long as I don't have to land, we should be fine. <laughs> but you should put your tray table up. Yes, and your exits are diagonally opposite. <laughs> now, um, in... The, today's show, this today's lineup. Of course, we've got a bit of green tech news this week with the CSIRO developing a supercritical solar power plant. A supercritical power power plant. What does that actually mean? It's well, find out in a few uh, in a few okay. minutes. We'll, um, it's basically heating stuff up enough to make Spoil- it spoilers critical. <laughs> they can wait for it. That's the technical <laughs> explanation. <laughs> Uh, we'll be putting on our tinfoil hats, as always, with uh, T-Mobile over in the US being more transparent about government surveillance requests. There's a massive wad of gaming news this week with the uh, Electronics Entertainment Expo, or E3, mm. as for those of us who are in the know, uh, giving lots of sweet, sweet gaming Previews out. It's huge. It's huge. I'm so excited. So my my two friends either side of me here are going to be salivating at those uh, news items, friends. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
And a whole bunch of other tech news, of course. Um, if you'd like to tweet us or text us or contact us at all, you can do so by tweeting us at technogaze, T-E-C-H-N-O-G-A-Z-E. You can text us. 0427 JOY949. Mm-hmm. I almost gave up my actual phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Feel free to text Johnny. <laughs> text me now, fellas. <laughs> and you can also uh, call us on the front desk uh, this fine hour. 1300 JOY949. No matter where you are in Australia, you can call that number. Mm-hmm. Cool. Give us a call. You can be, if you're online and you're listening to us via the web stream, feel free to call us. Send an email. Yes. Oh, yes. There's a way. That's, that's a, I was waiting for it. That's right. On air at joy.org.au. Straight into the studio. Yes. Shall we get on to the news this week and um, a bit of spacey type stuff to start off with? Yeah. This is super cool. Uh, the NASA, NASA has uh, the NASA. Are they called the NASA? No, they're not. As, as opposed NASA. to all the other NASA's kicking around. <laughs> They've successfully used laser, lasers, lasers, to transfer video from the uh, from the space station, the International Space Station, back to Earth. Yep. Tell us more. This wouldn't be the laser from the LG phone. <laughs> <laughs> lasers. Lasers. Freaking lasers. cause you to spontaneously combust. Who so knows? using a freaking laser pointed from the space sta- International Space Station, they sent a 22 megabyte video in 3.5 seconds. That's pretty fast. Wow. That is fairly good, I think. Um, I wish I had that speed at home. I was going to say, well, I don't, I don't where's have our MBN on that? I don't have that speed on, on planet Earth with my phone. Um now, using regular sort of radio transmissions, which is what you'd normally use to contact somebody in space, um, it would take 10 minutes to send that video. Um, mm. And uh, that's, you know, obviously that represents a massive improvement. And not only that, um, but because they're, if, if it's easy to collect that much data in a hurry, then it means that they can do quite a lot more experimentation in, you know, mm. th- than maybe they'd be used to doing at the moment. Indeed, yeah. I guess kind of got those constraints of how much... How much data can be transferred back and forth. Yeah, to, how much to, raw data you can send home. Mm, yeah. mm. And so I guess in these days of big data, the more data you collect, you've got to get it off the space station somehow. And it's not really that convenient to go up there with a USB stick to <laughs> copy it on. And I'll be back in a day or so. Well, just, can't they just drop it out of the window or something? With parachute. How many, how many hard drives could you take with you? Like, could that payload, <laughs> if it was big enough, actually be a... a Technically bigger throughput. I don't know. Maybe they should just send a, send some laden swallows or something. Mm. Uh, what is it? The Afri- African or European? I don't know if pigeon over FTP will work <laughs> in space. Pigeon over FTP. FTP over pigeon. Yeah. TCPI pigeon. Yeah. Um, now, apparently, this is not the easiest thing in the world to do. So, um, I was going to ob- say, there's a big challenge, right? So, it's like keeping yes. the laser... In, 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 like, pointed right at what you need to point it at, right? That's right. And, I mean, if you, if you remember what it was like to have a CD player in your car before it had those little buffers in it or if you had a, a Walkman that didn't oh, have a buffer yes. and, and bumps, stuff and it would jumps. bump, mm. that's in a car, right? Now, imagine you're in actual space. And so any tiny movement represents, you know, loads of, of actual distance on it. So being able to keep that... Just imagine, like, you're downloading a video game in space and then, like, an asteroid flies in front of the laser beam and then you're screwed. You've got to or, re-download the whole thing. Or you shoot it with your laser beam and have a real game of asteroids. Does it... That's not the kind of laser beam it is. Oh. I don't think so. It should have those defense mechanisms built in, <laughs> That's though, right. right? That's right. Like, any asteroid gets in the way, just obliterate it. Now, I think the project manager 
likened uh, this as um, hitting a human hair with a laser pointer from 20 feet away while walking. Yeah. Which is probably a little bit hard to do. Sounds easy. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that from um, when they're shooting the laser beam up into, into space to the actual space station, it's easier for them to receive, but they can't send it back because the Earth keeps tilting or moving or something? It depends if they're in geosynchronous orbit, which I, I think, think they, they are. are. I'm not sure. I don't know. But even so, like it, it, there must mm. be slight enough variations for a laser pointer to, to, to oh, move. Think of the distance and trying to aim something at a particular spot. Mm. Really mm. hard. Yeah. And men yeah. can't even aim it in the ball at night, so you know. I was just, I was just yeah. thinking there too. <laughs> Maybe there's a little fly painted on the top of the NASA headquarters. You know, we, need, we need women to aim the uh, laser beams. Okay, we should move on, shouldn't we? Just now, ah, uh, this one's this one's cool. Um, <laughs> floating micro countries. I, oh, goodness. <laughs> so we're talking about. Um, what are we talking about here? Get, getting on a boat, yep. going out to um, a piece of sea that isn't owned by any country, that is international waters, mm. floating your boat and <laughs> and then no, no, and like making a permanent colony out in the sea that is outside the boundaries of any government. Um, and As having your own little baby micronation. So it's like an almost an experimentation type thing of, of trying out different rules or something and, and seeing how, how that, the, that they, they might That sounds work. awfully like it, but yeah. if you look at the sort of people that are behind it, they're really sort of, you know, those slightly nutty libertarian types. I think it's mm. awesome because um, they said that they're going to build it or give it a shot by 2020. And what they're going to do is they're going to take modular square or Pentagon platforms and they say that they can make uh, cities with about 225 people in it. So... What they're going to do is they're going to like set up new politically independent eco cities and then see what it's like for modern, you know, modern world people to create their own government without having all the actual government crap to deal with. Like, you know, all the red tape and stuff so they can be like, all right, well, we've decided that we're going to ignore all the other crap that our actual governments make us go through. And we're going to be like, okay, every man gets a goat. Now, I've played this game. (laughs) It's called Bioshock. Yeah, we'll see isn't how it, that goes. Isn't it like Bioshock? Yes. If you have played Bioshock, listener, then um, then you'll know. And if you haven't played Bioshock, then I'll tell you. Uh, it is about a dude that says, uh, "If this, I'm going to go build my own city underground, mm. under the sea, under the sea, down where it's wetter." <laughs> Baby, darling, it's better down where it's wetter, under the sea. Which I can't believe they didn't use for the soundtrack. I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm surprised it's not a Tim Finn song. Oh, jeez! But it, it all goes terribly, terribly wrong. In the game, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, for for lots of reasons that probably won't really apply to real life, but yeah. Well, you know, that's I, I think if they if they're happy to do it, if they're you know consenting adults and all the rest of it, hey, why not? In I want to do it. In the book, Lord of the Flies, didn't they form their own government? Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a government. Maybe a di- well, yeah, kind <laughs> of. Just, <laughs> just a, a bunch of kids with sticks and stones and and a conch that no one yeah. cared about. Mm. This is TechnoGaze here on Joy 94.9 where we're covering some of the latest in technology gadgets and consumer electronics and we'll do more of that in a few moments. Joy! TechnoGaze here on Joy 94.9 and um, we're a week out from the massive festivities that were Radiothon. Yes. But did you know... That as a listener, you can still sign up to be a member. Yes. For um for the radiothon uh, period. In fact, the radiothon actually finishes at five p.m. on June the thirtieth. That is pretty spectacular because if you missed out on being able to join up mm. during the radiothon week, 
it means that now you've got until the end of the month to sign up and be eligible for some of those sweet prizes. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, there's like $36,000 worth of um, worth of prizes to yeah. be won. So there's a smart car, there's uh, a cruise with Olivia Cruises, um, and if a gentleman's makeover for the uh, for suits and ties. Or I want that so bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. very dapper. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, if you do sign up during during the show, we're going to take credit for it. So yes, that's right. So do s- sign up right now. Give us a call one three hundred joy nine four nine. Heath is on the uh, front desk right now, and he's uh, he's he's looking a bit. Um, you know, he, he, what is looks he, like he, he could needs, stand to accept a few to donations. Something to do. So let's mm. give him something to do. That's right. And of course, it's so close to the end of the financial year, which is a fantastic time to make a donation to any worthy cause. But we are certainly that kind of worthy cause, I think. Yes. Um, because donations over $2 are, in fact, tax deductible. They are indeed. Love that. Now, uh, technology. Yes. We've got a couple of... Oh, actually, yes, this is this popped up this morning, didn't it, Michael? The, uh, yes, the death of a very well-known man, a brand, man, <laughs> a brand, brand. 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 Nokia. Nokia. <laughs> the phone the Say phone that that again. We, Nokia. Okay, this is this is the phone. I think I think everybody I know and their dog who has ever owned a mobile phone, at least one of those mobile phones is a Nokia. But the thing is, Nokia is such a well-known brand in Australia, but it's not so well-known in the States. It, you know, it's very um, focused in the Asian area and obviously in Europe, but mm. in the States they really don't know a lot about Nokia, and I think this is one of the reasons why Microsoft is uh, killing the brand off. Mm. Could be. Mm. Now, um, it was, apparently it was part of the deal. When, when they bought Nokia, they said they would uh, stop using the Nokia name for phones. Mm. And they're going to be branding all of their new phones under the, um, the Microsoft brand. Their smartphones smart are going to be not so Nokia. But good old feature phones, the things that, you know, remember back when our batteries used to last for a whole week? Yes. I, I prefer to call them dumb phones, not feature phones. <laughs> feature I mean, phones. Feature phones. What does that mean? They've like, got yeah, features the feature like you can of making a call, and that's it. And playing Snake. Ah, uh, yes. Come on. I, I was, I was going to do this sort of thing about you know how you know when you encourage kids, you say you know that's nice when they don't really have that much challenge. And my usual name for that is Little Johnny, but <laughs> perhaps a little bit too personal today to say Little Johnny encouraging him. Go oh. ahead. <laughs> feature phones. Yes. Yeah, so uh, phones. yeah, they're going to keep the they're going to be able to use the, f- the name for feature phones for the next ten years. Right. right. But I, I suspect that the the volume of sales of feature phones are going to drop down to zero pretty quickly. It's mm. an interesting branding exercise, isn't it? Because Nokia is, a, is still a well-known brand, even today. Mm. Um, you know, we a lot of us had a Nokia phone at one point or another in, in our lives because they were so prevalent. Yeah. Um, but, but what are they trying to do? They're trying to migrate the customers of their smartphone line to the Microsoft brand, but at the same time keep Nokia as its own uh, you know, a name in its own right. I, I guess a name for the product that it was really famous for, which were the f- feature phones. Mm. But there's the other thing, and uh, Nokia also have uh, do telecommunications, do networking. Right. And I don't believe that Microsoft bought that, so I assume That's that right. part of the business is going to remain Nokia. And so as part of the deal, they wanted to keep the Nokia brand for the, the, the datacom side. Mm. It's almost like they want to uh, create like this brand of uh, you know, rock-solid, um, able to do the, the networking and the really... Um, you know, non-failing phones. <laughs> it's like, you know, your, your reliability. Yeah, perhaps. Mm. Yeah, is what they're looking for. Windows phones don't fail, do they? Oh, hey, that's not the suggestion I meant to make. But hey, <laughs> interesting that it came all, out subconsciously. All numbers. devices seem to fail. Yes. Now we've had an email from uh, a listener, from David. A listener, David. Hello, David. Um, 
He's explained that his mum's startup internet is going... Causing her some trouble. Giving her the Go, duties. Yes, the duties. <laughs> we can't use that word on, on live yeah. radio. Thinking of upgrading the technology. Laptop over tablet, Windows over Apple. Sounds like a very open question there. It really is, isn't it? I would say... You know, tablets sort of get you away, let you get away with most things yeah, these days, right? Like, you can do everything that most people want to do, right? Yeah. Whenever someone asks me this, because it's always like, oh, you know about gadgets, right? And I'm like, yeah. And they go, what should I do with my mum? And I'm like, I don't know your mum. Yeah. Right. So, if your mum is totally into writing her family history or whatever, then maybe a proper computer is the right yes. thing. You need the software, right? If your mum is more the type to play Candy Crush and update Facebook, maybe a tablet is okay. And, yeah. so, and you know, and if she also is busy searching the internet a lot and, and consuming content rather than creating content... Exactly. ...then a tablet is probably a far easier thing. It's a lot more portable. It's a lot easier mm. to, and you know, lug it, around the house. Plus, if she's a reader, she can use it as her, like... E-book. Yeah, e-book. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. E-book, get a stand for it, so makes easier when you're cooking. For my mum's, yeah, my mum's got one of those um, stands for the kitchen, so she can look at the recipes, which she never follows anyway. But yeah. <laughs> I guess make your effort though. One yeah. of the other benefits to a tablet would be to have the internet connection all based in the tablet itself. So if you've got the uh, the ones with a SIM card inside mm. it, um, assuming that the reception in that area is good, yes, you could. She could probably get away, or possibly get away, with just having the data allowance that is included in yeah. a typical tablet. Four um, G is ridiculously fast mm. these days if you're in a good area for it, and mm. um, and a lot of the deals are getting way cheaper. And if you want to sign up for a contract, even you don't even have to pay anything up front. Mm. So depending on how you want to rock that, um, it, it's faster than dial-up. That's for sure. Yes, yes, anything's faster. And, of course, it means that you can take it places. So if mum comes to visit or, you know, goes goes on holiday or does whatever like that, then, mm. yeah, so I, it really depends. It, yeah, and the location is a big factor there, right? So um, 4G isn't prevalent in the sort of the outer suburbs, I think. It's, oh, it's kind of Yeah, so it falls back to 3G. It depends on which telco you're with and all that. So there's a lot of varying factors there. But yeah. And what router you have if you have home Wi-Fi and you're mm. going off the Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's right. If you have home Wi-Fi as well, um, then maybe it doesn't matter so much about the coverage, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worthwhile. As, as far as the uh, Windows over Apple, it's probably not something that we would necessarily go too far into, this being a non-commercial station. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Again, my advice is always try it out. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, you, you can you can say that one thing's good for one thing, one thing's good for another, rah, rah, um, I know a lot of people that really dig either or. I personally have um, a couple of computers and I've got one of one and one of the other, so. Mm. It's often good to, to just get in front of the, uh, have your mother, try in fact, get in, get in front of it. If she finds it really hard to use just in a shop or something, then, yeah. then that is a good indication. And the good thing is these devices are so popular. You probably know somebody that has got a flavour of each and you can sort of, you know, go visit them and have a bit of a tinker for an yeah. hour or so and make up your mind. Without a salesperson around because, yes. you know, they kind of want to tell you all the stuff, but mm. they don't really necessarily leave you alone with it enough time. Indeed. I think. Indeed. Now, uh, what else have we got on the uh, on the cards today? Um, Speaking iOS, of routers, yes, iOS eight. Oh, yes. yeah. Ah, yes. They're trying. I to was trying to segue you earlier. Good <laughs> work. <laughs> we need a segue sign. We need it like flashing, ready for segue now. Um, <laughs> so iOS eight, of course, was uh, announced in last week's or the week before last WWDC. Yep. Dub dub. And. One of the things that has been uh, included in that is the ability for it to actually keep your MAC address 
quiet. Um, yeah, that's right. So your Mac address is something that's unique to your device. It's it's um it's a very like it's completely unique in the sense of it's supposed to be certain. Well, there are certain <laughs> manufacturers that sort of flout the rules, but. Um, a, every manufacturer has its own sort of range of these these addresses, and every single device made by that manufacturer is then assigned its own address. Mm-hmm. The idea being that it's used for uh, routing information to that device in the networking way. So when you actually connect your that device to to a network, it's yeah. So it's kind of like a serial number for your computer. Yeah, but more of a networky sort of thing. <laughs> J- Johnny has something to say. Yeah, He's doing oh, a little no, I want to continue. Dance. So, um, <laughs> so basically, well, the the, up, the the update for iOS eight, what it's done is in the past, when you go around with your device and you're looking for a wireless uh, connection, mm. what it does is it actually sends your MAC address to the the router as well. So that could potentially create security risks by that's right taking down your data. Because even if you don't actually connect to the network, there's still a record that you. you were checking it out. And this yeah. puts the kibosh on my app. Your app. That I was going to build. Because, you know, you can imagine that somebody's walking in a shopping centre and as they go past the shop, if they've gone past a second or third time, uh, Mr. Shop Attendant, go out and maybe drag them in because they've shown some interest. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all the privacy. And in fact, um, I think over in London, there were there was talk about rubbish bins being installed that had little devices that would Mac actually... Mac address trackers, yeah. yeah yes, um, yeah. pick up on Mac addresses. How and creepy. Th- think about Mac addresses as well as they're not just Wi-Fi, but they're also used Bluetooth. in Bluetooth. So yeah. it's a very good idea to turn your Bluetooth and your Wi-Fi off when you're roaming around the place, just in in, in the sense if, of keeping you're yourself private. sort of wearer. Yeah. Yeah. iOS 8 is going to instead send out a fakie. Ah. A random fakie every time, and only if you actually decide to connect for reals. It will send the real one. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Which is a good idea. I like it. I wonder if that is, you know, is that, you know, in the spirit of the networking rules? Well, you haven't established a connection at that point in time. Yeah. You're basically out searching for Wi-Fi access points. Yeah. Saying, hey, are you there? And by the way, here happens to be my MAC address. Right. And it will respond, say, yeah, I'm here and this is my SSID and everything else. Interesting. The MAC address is actually needed in order for the communication to occur, right? So it can, but it can be just any random one. Yeah. And as long as it doesn't clash with anything. So it's unlikely to. Mm. Yeah, no, I think this is a good feature in iOS, and I assume that other manufacturers will uh, follow suit. Mm-hmm. Now, this one that uh, picked my attention was Google Now telling you when to get off public transport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you're unruly, when you've got your feet on the, on the chair. And, <laughs> and they'll send you a fine as well. Um, have you ever been on the train after a long day at work listening to your favourite tr- tunes and uh, so exhausted that you've ended up falling asleep and consequently missing your stop? That would imply that I could get a seat on my train. Depends on what time of night you're you're on. I jump on after my train has been all the way through the city loop, so Uh. it's picked up everyone and their dog in the city, and then it gets to North Melbourne, and it's like, hey, you want to get on? Nope. (laughs) It's like squishing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, Google have um, answered this problem, though, for those of us who do fall asleep. Uh, combining their public transport information with the alarm function of an Android phone to provide what is hopefully as reliable as possible to uh, waking you up. So bad yeah. luck if your GPS is out by three or 400 metres because you well, might get off the wrong stop. Or, or no. if you are, in fact, getting out in the city loop, this, yes. which does not yet have internet, but apparently it's going to. Yeah. This is the challenge, and I think the challenge that um, uh, Google have actually overcome with this is it's not based on your oh. location <gasps> as such. It's actually based on the estimated travel time. 
it relies no, on the like, estimated travel time. It's never going to work no, in Melbourne. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, there is a problem with this in Melbourne, of course, because not only Melbourne. Google don't actually have any information about our our mm. um, public transport system because our public transport authority isn't providing the data in a way that Google can uh, can easily pass. But in other countries, in other cities where it is readily available and you know roughly where the train is. Well, it Sydney can apparently can do that. Yes. I think Sydney has all that data. So I think you might be right, actually. Don't have to go far. So to I assume it, it would need the real-time tracking data of the public transport that you're well, taking. That's the yeah. thing. You'd think that that would make it a Because you wouldn't better. want to go by schedule because schedules Certainly aren't exactly... Sydney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but hang on. Even a schedule isn't so bad because it's you usually later than the schedule anyway. So if it wakes you up before... You know, and and there's still another ten minutes to go before you actually have I'll, to get. Okay, I'll I'd, be I'd, pretty resentful. <laughs> I don't I don't know what you're like, but when my diary pops up with a reminder that says, "Oh, Michael, go do this," mm. I go do it. I don't question it. It says, "Do this." Oh yeah, fine, Michael, I'll just get, this. get out of the train now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, doors won't open. Don't mm. know why. <laughs> You'd think that'd be more useful though if it could tell you, like you know, get off the train because you're about to arrive at Southern Cross and there's fifty thousand forty fans about to jump on. Ah. Or like that's that's what I want. Come on. Because they're actually building it into Google now, which is um, actually displays cards and that contain contextual information. So there is a potential for it to really, you know, get live, um, you know, real-time yeah. data and, and potentially, you know, base it not just on your preference to get off at a certain train stop, stop mm. but actually other bits of information as well. And, of course, Google <laughs> will know that you're on the train. Mm. And, you know, perhaps that, uh, that advertising that... Uh, that, you know, hey, there's a really cool pie shop next on this next to this train station. You see, you, actually, the, the biometric stuff that you're carrying will say, you seem a bit sleepy. Go go have a refreshing whatever at this place. <laughs> yes. We are, um, it is half past midday here on Joy 94.9. We're trundling along. What, how, my, how time flies. But we'll be back with more Tech Talk in a few moments. Techno Gaze here on Joy 94.9. It's 29 minutes to one. And we're talking tech. We're talking tinfoil hats. Good old tinfoil. Scrunch, scrunch, scrunch. That's right. <laughs> now, T-Mobile over in... Um, uh, actually, their, their parent company, Deutsche Telekom. Now, T-Mobile is one of the big uh, telcos of the US. Yes. Um, and are now talking about reporting the number of gov- government uh, surveillance requests out mm. to the public. Yes, which is apparently something that they do in Germany, or their parent company does in Germany. Mm. Um, and now they'll be doing that to the United States as well, or for the United States, which is good. You know, it's, I mean... T look, for transparency. I thought it was T for telecom, but <laughs> it's, it, I'm sure it still works. Because um, it's the thing, right? The law says, oh, well, you've kind of got to report on your customers if we tell you, right? And, right. and they have to comply. Um, but at least by actually reporting about it, people will have some sort of understanding that, yes, it happens. Mm. What does it mean? Mm. Um, maybe even why should I care, which is, is a pretty progressive attitude for a company to take because usually it's like, customer, no, we love our customers. We would yeah. never do that. I, I guess some of these technology companies are in a bind because you know they're almost forced to do this by the government and yet they want to remain loyal to their customers and not divulge information. And they're also prohibited by tell, from telling their customers explicitly what they're doing. Yes. Yes. So this is some way to be open and say, hey, this is what we've been doing on behalf of your government. 
Mm-hmm. I wonder how many actual citizens, though, will choose one company over the other based purely on the amount of information that they provide. On principle? On principle, yeah. I can think of at least one person in this room that would choose <laughs> choose something based on the principle like that, surely. Might be me, yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things you think it's... I think it's more a European thing, isn't it? Mm. They're, they're very big on privacy over there. They mm. are, and, and very, very strict. Um, as in, it's not just they like it because it's cool, but they, uh, you know, the laws in, in Europe are very super strict. Mm. Yep. Mm. I think this is a good thing. Now, also, uh, sort of on the security topics, and we talked uh, a few weeks back, I think it was, about Oleg Pliss. Oleg Pliss has <laughs> locked your phone... Yes. To unlock, you must send money, all the bitcoins or something. Well, it seems that two men, uh, seventeen and twenty-three year olds, um, were um, were actually apprehended, mm. and they are suspected as being Oleg Pliss, Mister Pliss himself. Mister, Pl- <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just love that Oleg Pliss. He just, it sounds so nefarious. Um, so it's they're not they're not saying for sure whether it is or isn't these fellas, but they there were a lot of bits of evidence around them to suggest that that's what they were doing and that they had um, used some. Uh, just as we reported, we um, suggested that maybe there was a bit of a phishing scam, so that people were plugging in their password. And what they are accused of doing is um, using a phishing website to trick victims into giving up their passwords and their ah. Apple IDs in exchange for lots of lovely free music. Which is not the way that we thought no, they were doing it, right. which is you know matching up their Apple IDs to other Reused security breaches. Mm. Yeah. And this makes more sense. It is certainly simpler yeah. than uh, than decrypting a whole bunch of passwords, I suppose. Mm. Social engineering is so good. It, um, <laughs> From a <laughs> benevolent dictator's point of view, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> the prosecution Sorry, may, rests your honour this may, recording. May, maybe I should have said social engineering is so effective. It is It is actually. It sounds... I mean, we've talked about that. It, Johnny, geez, we talked about um, all sorts of weird social engineering last time you were in a sort of different sort of motivations. But, you know, just some of the weird scammy things that people can say to suck you in because it sounds so good. Yeah, but, like, I think anyone would just do anything for free music. But yeah, who wouldn't? <laughs> why would you, Why would you bother though? Just go on YouTube or one of the other streaming things. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. listen to Joy. Yeah, exactly. We've got all the free music you need. Exactly. <laughs> Don't give out your Apple IDs and passwords. Yeah, that's a really silly idea. <laughs> Oleg will. Oh, I can't say that word. <laughs> He'll do you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> He'll. He will. Moving on. What a cad. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of uh, green tech news items this week as well. What with um, the CSIRO, they um, even though they don't, uh, their budget may well be slashed very soon. They are still kicking goals, uh, and one of the recent things that they've kicked is an Australian solar plant that uh, generates supercritical steam. Um, in fact, that in yes. itself actually ensures that they it, it rivals fossil fuel uh, power generation. What is supercritical steam? What's I guess it's. Super, it's it's steam that's All hot right. enough to actually supercritical. <laughs> it's so I, I guess the way that a coal power plant works and and other types of you know power plants is actually they they heat up uh, steam to um, push uh, water through or push, push steam turbines through yeah, turbines. to push turbines around. Thank you, turbines is the word I was looking for, and they're now doing it with solar power as well. So it's a combination of temperature and pressure. I think that they're achieving to be able to do this effectively. 
Yes, there's a certain uh, temperature that they can mm. get to in order to actually get the, the most efficient uh, use of the turbines. Mm. Um, and this is, like, there have been solar plants that use a number of mirrors focusing on the tower, which is the technology that they're using, but mm. they haven't been able to reach this criticality before. Yes. And so this is really exciting, and it's, it's obviously on the step to be a commercial product, but it's nowhere near that as mm. yet. Actually use no, but it proves that it's worthwhile yes. investigating it. That's, yeah. that's the, the great things about these sorts of... Um Sorts of, sorts of breakthroughs, mm. yeah. Now, 600 mirrors were apparently used to, to get it to this stage. That's, you can imagine that. Like, are they in a tower formation or are they in a sort of a... They actually point to a tower. Right. And there's a very cool video, which if I remember, I'll put up on our Facebook page, that shows all the mirrors suddenly aligning and you see the reflection hitting the tower and sort of... It's almost like a mirror ball at one stage until suddenly they all focus on the one spot on the tower. Wow. wow. Mm. I was kind of imagining just a bunch of people with hand mirrors holding them up, like pointing them at the tower. <laughs> but that's my low-tech grind. <laughs> I was thinking that if my daughter was walking past, she'd never sort of get to the other end because she'd keep on looking at herself in the mirror. Oh. <laughs> that's cheeky. It's true. Oh. <laughs> this is Techno Gaze here on Joy 94.9. <laughs> Covering some of the latest in technology. If you want to contact us, maybe you're, you're Michael's daughter and you want to contact us right now. <laughs> no. She doesn't listen anyway. <laughs> no. It's fine. Oh. Um, you can do so by texting us 0427JOY949. What else have we got on the, on the list of uh, green news? And um, what was that one there? With, the, uh, oh, yes. An entire island was, uh, is, is now going to be powered by solar energy as well. Dead set. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, there's, uh, there's, there's apparently an, an island. It's, um, it's part of the African... It's uh, off the west coast of Central Africa, mm-hmm. and it's called Anabon. Right. And it's a fairly small island with a population of 5,000 people, and they currently rely on diesel generators for electricity, and they only get something like five hours a day. Right, to power the, to, yeah. the, popul- the population as it That's is. That's right, yeah. and it's, it's obviously quite expensive. So um, they're uh, looking at using solar collectors... Mm. to provide electricity and to get around the what do we do at night time is that they're feeding power during the day back into batteries right and then they'll draw on those batteries that's Mm. fantastic Mm. and experiments like this have been done before but i think this is the first time that a whole community is relying on it for 100 percent of their energy needs excellent yeah Yeah. because i mean with five thousand people it's um i guess it's a small population to work with right so yeah um but being a small island, there's, there's obviously logistical issues. They don't have coal readily available, for example. They don't have um, mm. gas readily available, I presume. So, yeah. And, and I guess from an expectation point of view, if you're used to five hours a day, if you can go up to 24, even though even if it's perhaps not 100% reliable, you're not going to complain because it's going to be a, a huge step up. Yes. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how reliable this is and how it progresses and whether it can be used in other communities. And I think it's going to be especially good in communities that are very, very remote. Mm, because mm. it's impossible then to bring in overland electricity because it just costs too much. Yes. And uh, diesel is a, uh, a resource that is disappearing. It just goes to show, in fact, that, that perhaps the, um, the smaller countries or the smaller parts of uh, the world will actually push us forward with um, you know, renewable energy development quicker than the, then, yeah. the big countries. I do wonder, though, how much their electricity bill actually would be. Like, I assume it's kind of a... a Poverty-stricken area mm. well, because like they only have be. five hours of electricity. Yeah, so. and, and one of the things is the cost that limits how yeah. much they run. And with this solar power, they're expecting the cost to be about thirty percent cheaper. Right. Now, I don't know whether twenty-four hours is thirty percent cheaper than five hours of diesel, or it's overall thirty percent cheaper. 
but mm. it's a positive move and it's good for the uh, for the world for the yeah, environment. Yeah, imagine that it would just boost their economy, so they wouldn't be spending all this money on diesel fuel to get electricity, so they could just you know yeah expand and, and get iPhones and stuff. <laughs> oh, no, be cool. Ah, <laughs> oh, bless. Well, or Android phones, or sure. Windows phones, or any other. Maybe a Mozilla phone too. Hmm. Well, really, how much are Mozilla phones? Well, I'll tell you. Oh. Mozilla is, uh, what they're doing is they're expanding their smartphones into India and Southeast Asia, so Indonesia and all that sort of stuff. And they're selling them for the low, low price of $25. <gasps> wow. wow. And is this a feature phone? Uh, maybe. I'm trying to find the story. <laughs> it's um, they're, they're actually running that Firefox OS that we've talked about before. Right. So it's a, it's a, it's a smartphone in its own right. Yes. That's a very low price. That is a mm. super, super cheap low price. Um, Which I guess they need to if they want to make inroads into those uh, poorer markets. Yeah, I think it's genius because um, if they're, they're kind of doing what I call the Nintendo strategy, which Nintendo did with the Wii, which was releasing cheaper uh, stuff. The cheaper spec yeah. um, devices, for, cheaper devices yeah. for actual cheaper cost, which provides similar functionality, but maybe not the most yeah um, not the same functionality so what the Wii did for the for gaming was it brought a, brought in a whole bunch of casual users that would never have gained before and because the Wii was so cheap and had all these different features and they figured all right well let's get into it and it mm. creates a whole new consumer base so what they're doing with india and indonesia is they're expanding using the mozilla phone they're allowing them all to actually have access to smartphones which might, might not be as good as the ones that you get here mm. but uh, for that low cost, it's creating a whole new consumer base for smartphones and apps and everything. Mm. Sure. Yeah. So it's cool. Hmm. Thrusting us into the future. Oh, well, more death knell for BlackBerry then. <laughs> because I know, for instance, in Indonesia, BlackBerry is hugely popular. Mm. Because everybody likes BlackBerry Messenger. Ah. Is it because it actually has the buttons? No, I th- well, I think it's, it's because... I guess it's the ecosystem, right? It's, it's, like you sort of get locked in, all your friends are there. It's the ecosystem, it's the cost, because it's cheaper oh. than an SMS. Mm. So, yeah, very popular. Win-win. You're listening to Techno Guys here on Joy 94.9, covering some of the latest in tech, and we'll uh, do some more of that in a few minutes. Techno Guys. Techno Guys here on Joy 94.9. This is the... I'm, I'm seeing smiles on both sides of me right now because yes. it is an, a very exciting <laughs> part of the show. We had E3, the uh, Entertainment Electronics Expo. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the one. So, so it's a game fest? Yeah. It's essentially, it's the video games, uh, the video game, video game industry version of Comic-Con. So every, all the companies, it's the big year event where everyone comes in and like, these are all our games and they announced all the new games and holy crap, I'm so excited. So many huge trailers, great announcements, lots of playable demos. Where was it's, it held? Uh, California somewhere. California, the LA Convention Center. That's it. Um, And it's been running for, I think, about 20 years now. So it's sort of spun away from things like... Things like CES, where they're kind of starting to spread out a little bit more and start dominating the show floor. So they've kind of moved into their own space. E3 um, is massive. Oh, my goodness. It's... um, it, it's, you know, like like we were saying, it's the time of the year when all the best things get announced. The things that are coming out closer to Christmas mm-hmm. um, that everyone will be champing at the bit for. 
because there's a lot of lead time with with a lot of these uh, announcements oh, yeah. that get get put up there because you know they're like hey you know, here's a little teaser of this awesome awesome game. By the way, you can't play it yet. No, well, it's it's, it's like anything. I mean, the, the amount of time it takes to develop a game is it's not dissimilar to the amount of time it takes to develop a movie from a script mm. and get all the mm. way to the cinemas. That takes a couple of years, three years sometimes, depending. Yeah. Um, with E three, so a lot of the a lot of the splashiest announcements, I think, were the things that are just around the corner. Because of course, we do have our next gen consoles have just come out. Sales have been a little bit slow for the time being because there haven't been so many games. Mm. But I think we can expect to see that change because there have been so many awesome games. Johnny, what are your favourites? Oh, holy shibbity doodah! I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite. Okay, there's this game that's coming out that was just announced this week. Shibbity doodah. Write that one Shibang down. Shibang a bang. <laughs> it's called. Uh, it's called. Sun- Sunset Overdrive, and it is this totally off-the-hook action game where, like, the trailer, it's kind of set up where you think it's just an, another little shooter. It has, like, this army guy in, in a warehouse getting shot at. Mm. How does the lead character look, Johnny? Oh, yeah. friggin' hot. <laughs> <It's so laughs> Johnny's Johnny's new boyfriend. I'm so in love with this new character. I don't even know what his name is, but he's got, like, this it's kind John. of... It's John. It's <laughs> John. It is? Oh. <laughs> well, I don't so... know. He's got John on his name tag. <laughs> Anyway, but, okay, so basically the gist of the game is like it's kind of like an arcade action game where you run around and you shoot these mutants and you jump on things and make things explode. And this mm. guy has like this haircut where it's like he started giving himself a, a mohawk but got tired halfway through. I saw you... Interrupted by mutants. Yeah. <laughs> when you were watching this, it was... So this was like you, the premise is that they have this energy drink that's taken over the world. Is that the one? Or yeah, it's, that- just- it's very tongue-in-cheek. The whole thing is very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, it's built on reality, isn't it? <laughs> it's, um, it's very self-referential and stuff. Like when he pops into the room and there's a soldier there, he's like, "Oh, cover mechanic!" Like making fun of shooter games and stuff. Yes. Nice. So uh, anyway, that game looks awesome. It does. Uh, it was developed by Somniac Games, who also did Ratchet and Clank on PlayStation. So that's another really sort of um, you know poking fun at itself sort of game. Yeah, irreverent. yeah. yeah. Um, also. Oh, go ahead. No, no. My, my quick question was going to be, when games come out, do they try to cover all platforms or do they just aim for a, a small number of platforms? Oh, well, see, the thing is that um, most of the time they usually come across as multi-platform if you want to get the most profits. But sometimes yeah. uh, de- developers, but companies like Sony and Microsoft or Nintendo will purchase development studios or um, create agreements and contracts where they release a certain game as an exclusive. So mm. that exclusive, like all the Nintendo games are exclusive because it's their IP, like international intellectual properties and mm. stuff. Yes. So, yeah. It's kind of up to the deals that they have between the okay. companies. So, so for example, uh, one of the big announcements that was pretty exciting this week is that Halo, which is has been for the longest time a Xbox thing. Mm. Halo and Xbox are these, you know, interconnected um, entities in, in a lot of people's minds. Um, the uh, Master Chief edition of Halo will be four editions of Halo, the old versions of Halo, remastered for next gen. So, of course, everyone's getting really excited. Um, it's and all four games in one disc or one download. And yes, they're all but the they're ones- all redone. Yeah, they're all remastered, new graphics. And the big kicker is that it actually releases an exclusive beta access to Halo 5 multiplayer, which will start okay. in December. So that's kind of where it'd be like, all right, you only have to pay 60 American dollars for four games, plus you get access to the early beta for Halo 5, which is huge. That so, is going to get a lot of fanboys on. Yeah. So it brings new life into these old games. Well, sort of. I mean, Halo Halo is such a classic. Halo was, um, was one of the titles for the first Xbox about four million years ago. Mm. And... Um, 
it's uh, it, it's such a I mean it's a wonderful story as well. It is such an iconic piece of game development, and um, and a lot of people care a lot about it. You know, it's 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 one of those things where it's like, wow, you know, the Xbox One. If I'm going to buy an Xbox One and I can play Halo again, like I did when I was 12, and you know, shooting dudes. How and do you the, feel about the that? The genius thing about this is that because it's such an old game, and we would have played it when we were like 12, 13, etc. Those early, early <laughs> speak for yourself. Yes, that's right. Twelve, those, I was twelve. Those early adopters uh, would have had kids by now, and yes. kids who have played the newer Halo games, so they can actually share the experience with their kids and be like, "All right, well, you know, you got to play Halo three or four or whatever, and let's go back and play the first one with Daddy." It is yeah. an amazing, epic. Of course, not every franchise is done that way, um, so they're not necessarily exclusive, but a lot of them are, and a lot of the really sort of um, cinematic ones. So, The Last of Us, for example, is a PlayStation exclusive, and that's being remastered of the PlayStation 4 and for no other platform. Um, so you can you can sort of see that coming in. But there are some others. So um, Dragon Age 3 uh, or Dragon Age Inquisition, as it's called, yep. is going to be all over every platform. Um, so you can expect that to be pretty interesting. Um, and talking about exclusives, I have to bring this one up before oh yeah. we run out of time because we need to talk about this. Nintendo's answer to first-person shooters or third-person shooters, Splatoon. Splatoon. <laughs> it looks amazing. It's yep. essentially, it kind of looks a bit like a, um, it's kind of like an online, well, actually, it's not confirmed if it's online or not, but it's multiplayer. Uh, you have two teams of four players, and basically what you are is you're, you're like a squid. You shoot your beautiful colored ink yeah, two, as a squid. Two teams with opposite colored inks. It's spraying. The way you win is like you spray the arena with your ink, so your color is the most dominant, and you're just shooting the other people, not killing people with like bullets, but ink. No. It's awesome. Taking them over. It's fantastic. So you yeah. just randomly spray? Uh, no, you have a gun. No, it's like a, a water okay. pistol type of thing. Oh, okay, yep. And it, it looks like uh, Team Fortress 2, like there'll be different classes. Like there's a sniper in it. There's like a bazooka carrying dude. So what you can actually do is you spray the, the arena with your color ink and you can turn into a squid and swim in your color ink. So that makes you go faster and hides you from uh, yes. other people's bullets and stuff. Oh, because you're swimming in it and therefore you can't be seen. Yeah. Mm. But um, if the other people, like you can't swim in the other team's colored ink. So that's why you need to cover the arena with all your colors. This trailer looked absolutely awesome yeah it I mean, was crazy just an absolute riot it was amazing um little big planet <gasps> little big planet oh is there's a new version of that coming out that's I'm, a playstation 4 exclusive as as a non-gamer i love little big planet so if you play a game i think that makes you a gamer <laughs> yeah i agree come on especially if it's little big planet i recently got rid of the console that i could play it on but it is one of the most amazing games, you know, and the best feature I've seen in it is the fact that you can actually make your own levels on Little Big Planet. The whole premise is you get a, um, and I don't know what the new version has in it, but I'll describe what I'm used to, which is the ability to, to put platforms down and you might have a glass platform or a carpet platform, whatever, and the character, your character actually reacts to that surface as if it's that surface so you can like slide along or whatever right yeah so the big thing with little big planet is all about creating your own your own levels and sharing them with everybody and mm. the great thing about little big planet 3 which is coming out exclusively for playstation 4 is that it will allow you to download all the content from all the previous uh little big planet games so if you have a friend or a family member or whoever who uh, created levels for you in little big planet 1 or little big planet 2 you can download that and have it on big planet 3 as well mm -hmm. so it essentially like backwards it's, compatibility yeah it's huge because the amount of content that um users have created it's this game could essentially last forever mm. like it's massive speaking of lasting forever this game is going to blow everybody's minds okay no man's sky 
Ah, yes. This is phenomenal. So it's it's a a massive universe. It's generated procedurally, like it's completely random. Yep. Um, but it's it's you know it's a it's an MMO I guess um, of sorts. Yeah. But not, you know, in the whole, I'm going questing with my orc friends, but more like a, I'm going exploring. Yeah, the way they described Taking it was, over planets. it's like an inclusive MMO where they tried to keep the players as far away from each other as possible. So the idea is it's a whole randomly generated universe and you can discover your own planet. And from then on, if anybody else visits your planet, it'll always have your name there saying so-and-so planet discovered by Johnny or whatever. And you can document all these randomly generated species. So essentially it's like a sandbox game, kind of like an adult version of Minecraft and um, you're an explorer yeah and you can just in space all you have to do is jump in your little spacecraft and fly to a whole new planet and there's like this new ecosystem you can explore and do whatever you want like it's not just exploring but you get to you know kill things as well if you want to <laughs> yeah but that's, 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 that's the thing though if you've yeah. taken over a planet and you're thinking yeah I'm going to shoot all these cool little pink elephant looking things yeah and the, and you know you accidentally kill them all that's it they're done yeah. no, that's done extinct no other player will ever be able to see that same species it's like every ramification, everything <laughs> oh, you do. Oh, so wrong. It's nice like, one, jerk. <laughs> I know, but like the idea is... My, Michael's just gotten like... He's, he's playing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll keep... It's about sharing the sandbox with other people. So if you, ha- if you do something, there's always ramifications for your actions. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens socially with that. You know, people forming alliances or going visiting each other's worlds and mm. stuff. It'll be pretty amazing. I don't share my sandbox with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you peed in it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lovely. This is Techno Gaze here. We're almost out of time. It's five minutes to one here. Goodness. Enjoy 94.9. We'll be, uh, we'll be back to wrap up the show in just a few moments. Techno Gaze. Techno Gaze here. You are, uh, we're towards the end of the show, actually. I know. Lovely, uh, lovely time once has been had once again. That's right. Show, of course. That's right. What, what should we finish up with? There's um, Get a new this. type of selfie. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? So instead of having the camera that you hold out with your arm and you know, like you sort of squish your heads together and like yeah, like that, um, it's a droney. You get you get your favourite little drone. You stick your camera on that and you get the drone to take a photo. You get of the you. drone to shoot you. <laughs> with, yeah, with like the in the camera way. You know, just like a normal human used to when you know, you were out somewhere and you'd ask a real live person to hold your camera and take a photo for you. Why why talk to one of those messy human beings and you can just get your robot friend? Well, because they could run away with your camera or something like that. That is true. And you know what else a drone can do, which a, a person can't, is fly into the air and take a cool overhead shot. Oh, it's a new thing. Mm. Lots of look for them. You know, for those who have the drones. Some of the examples I saw mountains and so yeah, forth. like some of them are posting vines. So you know, it's little motion oh, motion yeah. portraits. I suppose I can see all this competition to have the most you know elaborate drony out there. Mm. That's right. That's all we have time for today. If you missed any part of the show or perhaps you'd like to peruse previous episodes, you can do so by browsing to joy.org.au slash technogaze. Coming up next, another superb lineup for Cravings with Pete Dillon, not least of which, of course, is Marco Pierre White. <gasps> oh, my goodness. OMGs. So do stay tuned for that. Penny with uh, Joy News is coming up next. Thank you, Johnny, for coming in today. You're more than welcome. Thank you, Rainer. I'm so pleased to be here. And thank you, Michael, for I, driving the bus. I hope you had a smooth flight. Have a great weekend, everyone. <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Techno Gaze on Joy 94.9.
This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.